Once upon a time, there was a little boy called Howard who loved writing stories. Little Howard dreamed of being a writer And so he sat down to every nighter But everything he wrote was fucking shite, yeah wubba dubba do wubba dubba do Worst writer in the world 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 He's a stupid Rubbish writer. Welcome to the worst writer in the world with me, Rufus, and he's got bandages over his eyes. Ooh. He's hiding underwater in a bath full of ice. <laughs> it's out long. Thank you to the British Comedy Guide for hosting this show. Thanks to you for listening to this show. And thanks to every single one of our lovely patrons on Patreon for supporting this show and keeping it alive. Continue for giving us the enthusiasm mm. to keep making it by proving that actually people are listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not listening. Um, when you when you did that intro, then you said he's got bandages over his yeah. eyes, he's hiding in a bath. I was like, what the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Haven't you got the first idea? Well, what you're talking? If about? you don't know, just just keep listening, my friends, my uh, friends. And either I'm not sure in this episode or the next, you'll find out. Mm. <laughs> So, are you ready? Yeah, I was Brexit ready. <laughs> That's what I always say. <laughs> Other when you get your own simple catchphrases wrong. That's what I always... Yes, what... plumber, you always... <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, shit. It's what I've always said. Yeah. <laughs> and anyone who thinks otherwise is incorrect. Just wrong, um, just wrong. They're remembering it wrongly. Stop trying to gaslight me. Yeah, well, you just mandela from a different universe recently, yeah. didn't you? So in this universe, you may have not ever said that before at all. Yeah. But in the one you came from, that's your catchphrase. So exactly. you, you seem wrong and stupid to us, but actually yeah. you're a big genius. So, Howard... Uh, I watched a film. Yeah, me too. What film did you watch? Night and Day um, with Tom Cruise and Cameron Diaz. I have seen that but years ago <laughs> and I can't remember anything about it. Is it worth watching again, considering I have no memory of it whatsoever? Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Have a little laugh. It's got some good bits in it, loads of action. You know, it's, you know, it's not going gonna, gonna, to... Um, what's the word? Stick in your memory. Like, you won't be able to remember. <laughs> yeah. I mean, clearly, I can. I have seen it, but I can't remember a thing about it. You will not award it an Oscar, and not simply because you you don't have that um, option. Power. Yeah, power. Yeah. But also, <laughs> uh, just no, that just that reason. Actually, that's the only reason. <laughs> why, why do you need a second reason when the first one's so incredibly powerful? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You uh, will not award yeah. it an Oscar because you can't. <laughs> uh, yes, true. It's, you know, it's not going to tax your, your brain. You know, you'll understand everything that's going on. Um, you know, yeah. it's not entirely believable, but it is. It is. Bas- it is a comedy. So, um, so f- fundamentally, it's so you're saying fun. it's not. It's not going to ask heavy. Like moral questions, like no. this film also doesn't. <laughs> what well, it does, doesn't it? Of course, Minority Port is about um, whether we minority have port, yeah, minority port. Small boat from when you get a very small boat. I'm sorry, I've been drinking a little bit of Minority Port earlier, and already I'm a bit. Ooh. Um, Just because it's not from this country, there's no need to call it Minority Port. Minority. Okay. 
<laughs> oh yeah, it does ask some very deep questions, doesn't it? About well, I'm gonna whether argue, I'm gonna murder is legal. Is good. <laughs> is murder legal? Which no it isn't. In this film. Yeah. No one will ever know. Yeah. yeah. Well, ask the question: Can you? Can you? Um, um, can you put someone in jail before they've committed a crime? It asks that question. Yeah, and I'm going to argue that that is a stupid question. All right, you ready to get started? Yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. Minority Report. And as usual, I have split my retelling into different parts, mm-hmm. all right, because it's ridiculously long and it doesn't probably deserve to be. Yeah. Anyway, part one. The only crime that matters is murder. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We open with a murder. Mm. And the murderer is being played by an actor who has been in all Howard's favourite shows. <laughs> right? I looked it up. So Knight Rider, been in Knight Rider, Friends, Fringe, and Diagnosis Murder. <laughs> Couldn't actually get a fourth one, so I had to, had to guess that that's one of your favourite shows. Yeah. So the murderer is being played by an actor who's been in all Howard's favourite shows. And the murderer is upset because his wife is sleeping with another actor who's been in all my favourite shows. <laughs> the 4400, Married with mm. Children, National Treasure Book of Secrets. Mm. <laughs> and also, apparently, was in Friends because everyone was. Mm. Anyway, so bloke from Fringe murders bloke from 4400 with a pair of scissors. Or does he? Mm. Because then we pull out from a close-up of a bald woman in a bath (laughs) (laughs) who looks straight into the camera and goes, Murder! (laughs) Because sometimes you just need to look at the camera and say the theme of your movie. (laughs) Right, so then, exciting opening sequence over, we see a machine (laughs) (laughs) that uses lasers to turn two perfect wooden cubes into two perfect wooden spheres for some reason. (laughs) But look, here's the first question. Where did they get these perfect cubes from? (laughs) Right, because they are perfect cubes. Is there like another machine that lasers (laughs) perfect cubes? So they then Uh take and put them in this machine that lasers them into balls, right? And why, why do they need balls rather than cubes? Why can't they... Because balls they, roll, just, don't they? they don't, yeah. They don't roll down the tube, right? When you pull back, you, like, before the film starts, there's the pre-precogs, and they, like, pre-predict the murders, um, <laughs> and they make some squares. and the, But, like... Um, yeah. but all they predict is but, that there's going to be a but, premonition, yeah, but, but all, nothing but else. All they no can detail. do is make squares, so, like, uh, they'll, they'll never get promoted um, to ball duty, I guess. <laughs> it, ball duty? It's interesting, because yeah. they are bald. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And uh, I don't know, like, so, yeah, so, yeah, it's just like a big um, big lottery, isn't it, really, with all those balls coming down tubes and that. It's just like a lottery, that's what I would say. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to be the murderer this week? Uh, all right, so, um, yeah, so we, we get this exciting, ball-creating, like, laser hmm. um, opening. We've got no idea what it is, but we're really, you know, immediately we're intrigued, right? We're looking at this going, why? Why are the why do those wooden balls need to exist? Can't wait to find out yeah. what definitely like really understandable and clearly explained reason there need there there is for these balls to, need to exist. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to that to be that being explained later. Yeah, 
And does it? I mean, I mean, uh, yeah, it does. It absolutely does. There is what? an explanation of why they do it with balls, and I will get to it when we get there. Do they? Fucking stupid. Yeah, brace yourself. It's the dumbest thing you've ever heard in your life. I don't remember that at all, and I've seen it a lot. And uh, I was just thinking, is there a reason? Is there any particular brilliant scene that happens with now there's eyeballs rolling down, aren't there? Usually, if you've got a thing, then they'll use it in some way. No, it's very much just a, an idea, like a visual idea, and it is cool, but yeah. it is also stupid if you think about it for more than a nanosecond. Oh yeah. So the spheres then roll down some tubes, and we see that they got magically varnished at some point. <laughs> then one of them drops into a pod marked "Victim." Yes. And we see it also has two names engraved onto it, because this is the completely logical system by which Washington, D.C. pre-crime <laughs> functions. Here we go. So first, there's three precogs who are lying around in a triangular bath their whole lives. <laughs> they have a premonition that someone's going to do a murder. Mm. And the system, I guess, reads their minds so that it knows the names of yeah. the perpetrator and the victims, but yeah. it doesn't know anything else. Like, it yeah. doesn't engrave a third ball that says where the murder <laughs> is going to happen. No. As we're about to learn, yeah. that would be really fucking useful. Yeah, no. But no, yeah. no, it reads their minds for the names of the perpetrator and the victim, then it communicates these names to the police officers by engraving them on two snooker <laughs> balls and rolling them down some <laughs> tubes, right? Who made this system? Who decided that displaying information on a screen was just too gauche and so decided to get lasers and snooker balls involved instead? Imagine if the inventors of smartphones had taken inspiration from this film and every time you got a text message, your phone lasered it onto a snooker ball and rolled it at you. I would love that. <laughs> yeah, you, you would, but everyone else <laughs> would be really annoyed with all the snooker balls they had. Oh, today I've got 500 yeah. snooker balls and, and 300 of them are, are just spam. <laughs> I think that, like, um, I understand exactly what you're saying, but I think you've failed to take into consideration how governments work. Um, whoever's running government has got a got a friend that works at the snooker ball factory and they've got like needed to give them a contract absolutely or a brother that just loves snooker balls just really enjoys snooker balls Mm. and they're like do you want to do you want to do pre-crime? So can, I, can I put snooker balls in it? So I do what you want. Yeah. I mean, as long as you get the message yeah. to the cops eventually, yeah. I don't care how you do it. Can I laser some balls? <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Go over it. Do you want a, a billion pounds for that? I'd love a billion pounds to laser some balls. Yeah, Here you yeah, go. Here's yeah. your billion pounds. Have 27. <laughs> yeah. You have got a very good point there. Yeah, that is a very good point. It's it's hard to pin down what is, makes the least sense. What is the stupidest idea in this? But like this, yeah, there's a lot of weird ideas in that ball. Now, like yeah. you mentioned about that, they they do they do print the names on. Where did they get those from? Because they're, yeah. in their premonitions, nobody says it. No, no, no one walks in and he goes, "Oh, hey, Leo Crow, how you doing, Leo Crow?" No, they don't. Absolutely, yeah. because all they have is the like the video, which is not brilliant. The video mm. of the of the vision which they have to really mess about with to try and get as much information as they can because it's not mm. perfect. And we know later on, it often they miss some really vital information yeah. from those visions, plus two <laughs> names on snooker balls. Right? Yeah. That's, that's it. The end. Nothing else. All right, so cut two. Tom Cruise arrives at work. Mm. And a pregnant woman wishes him luck. And he says, any contractions... And she replies, only the ones you give me. (laughs) What does that mean? (laughs) 
right? Any contractions? Only the ones you give me, Tom Cruise. What, is he, what does it mean? He's giving her contractions? What does that mean? That's the, it's played off like just some little like, office flirting. Yeah. It's the, I mean, you think about that. What's the maddest thing anyone's ever said to anyone ever? <laughs> Any contra- I mean, firstly, who says any contractions to a pregnant woman they work with? If I arrive at work and someone's quite pregnant, I'm like, hey, good morning. Any contractions? That's a stupid thing to ask someone. And, but it, even weirder if then that person went, only the ones you give me. <laughs> what? I mean, there's two, there's two possibilities here. Go on. The first one, the first one, you misheard it, and uh, and and she's uh, she and he said any contracts or something like that. <laughs> That's actually and just a like, really uh, normal office. Yeah, and she's like, well, only the ones <laughs> you give me, because she's looking for more contracts, but only only he gives her contracts. Yeah, she's the lawyer. The other option is like you know, like in the film Looper, how you think it's just about time travel, but then in the next scene, someone's like d- lifting things with their mind, and you go like, oh, so there's actually other aspects to this and already we've seen yeah. that there's magic because of the magic balls um there's technology there's magic balls and what we're getting now is time travel and the reason that he's giving a contractions is because he's the baby <laughs> oh god <laughs> that's his mum yeah he's talking well, to his mum that's still a weird conversation because like any contractions only that's basically only the ones my baby gives me. <laughs> only the ones pregnancy causes yeah. i don't have any other contractions <laughs> Like, no, well, of course not. It doesn't even need to be time travel because he's got all those um, recordings of his dead kids, so he could have some of his mum as well when she was pregnant. And like, uh, he just like he's just projecting that out of his phone or <laughs> yeah, something yeah, as yeah. he walks in. He likes to see his mum first yeah. thing in the morning. He's got a video. He's got a video of her saying, "Only the ones <laughs> you, you give, give me," which is actually yeah. a, a reply to something completely different. Yeah. But he likes to say, "Any contractions?" contractions yeah. Only the ones you give me. That was that was weird, but it made me it made me happy. <laughs> Yeah, all right. That yeah. makes more sense yeah. than the actual conversation. Okay, that's definitely it then. Tom Cruise likes to pretend he's having a conversation with his mum. <laughs> with his dead mum. His dead mum. <laughs> okay, fair enough. No, good one. Mm. All right, so then Tom Cruise goes into his office and uses a touchscreen before they existed for real, right? So they have to. he has to find information from yeah. the vision yeah. by essentially using a touchscreen. Yeah. And I remember watching this in 2002 and thinking that technology looked amazing. Yeah. Like just like the idea of being able to interact directly with information on a computer without using a mouse and a keyboard was hugely exciting. Mm-hmm. But now, watching that now, it's, slow, it's so slow and clumsy compared to yeah. the touchscreens that we got a few years later. It's amazing the difference in how I feel about that watching it now. Yeah. I remember how exciting that was. At the I time. agree, agree, and those really big memory sticks as well. Um, we didn't have really big memory <laughs> big sticks. Big glass like memory sticks, yeah. yeah. But that was amazing <laughs> like too. Plate well. size memory sticks, yeah, yeah. But I remember being really excited about the idea that maybe like two square cubes would get um, <laughs> turned into two balls with names. Lasered into balls. Going like, oh my yeah, god, is that true. what's going to happen in the future? That's what I thought. <laughs> and we're still waiting for that. Still waiting for the day when yeah. information's communicated by snooker balls. Mm. <laughs> so, anyway, as established, the machine can laser names onto snooker balls, but not addresses. Yes. And in 2054, they can see the future, but they can't search for addresses. Yeah. <laughs> they can't just use computers to search for addresses. But his, I suppose, like thinking about it, I guess that like, this guy's called Howard Marks, right? So that might be that might be a common name, but. If you know his wife's name as well, mm-hmm. then surely you can work it out with a pretty quick search. If you've got his name yeah. and his wife's name, that narrows it down. Well, right? I thought, well, you say they didn't have addresses. They can't just find out. Well, they can't find out. They said there's a bunch of 
people with the called Howard yeah. Marks in that area. Well, that's but... what I thought was like, um, I mean, like, OK, you're the pre-crime division. Where, you know, if you've got eight addresses, I'm sure you can probably like send someone to each of those addresses. And, and yeah, you, know, you don't all need to go yeah. to, to one place. You don't need 15 police officers to stop one guy with yeah. some scissors. To crash through his ceiling. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. All go to a different one. Mm. I mean, Tom Cruise does it on his own anyway. Right, and then they all come to destroy the house after he's finished. Yeah. All right, so then there's a whole action sequence where they try to work out where Howard and Sarah Marks live Mm. before he murders her. And it's all very tense, but they arrive just in time to stop the murder. Hooray for the police! (laughs) Tom Cruise rushes in and grabs the knife, then four more police repel in through the skylight, smashing it completely unnecessarily, but looking hella cool. Yeah, damn straight. They arrest Howard, and when he sees they're going to put a halo on him, he panics and begs, No, don't put that halo on me! So, right, seems like punishment for pre-crime is something pretty bad for just this random guy to be so scared of it like mm. everyone must know that it's bad that what that the punishment for pre-crime is some kind of brain torture because wow. he's terrified he's terrified hmm. so that's that seems set up immediately good so then we see the precogs seeing the murder again and we learn that it's just an echo sometimes they see murders again after they've not happened <laughs> and so the the technician is instructed to erase it. Yeah. This is important later for the plot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then we get an advert for pre-crime which tells us to imagine a world without murder. Then it tells us that a few years ago, the homicide rate in the US had reached epidemic proportions. And the only solution was to pray for a miracle. There was nothing else they could do. They couldn't, for example, outlaw guns. That yeah. would never work. They couldn't invest in education or social programs. That's impossible. They couldn't work against hatred of races, genders, sexualities, etc. They couldn't reduce inequality, poverty, misery or capitalism. Mm. And they certainly couldn't have fewer wars, abolish the death penalty or provide health care for people. How can we reduce the number of murders? Shall we stop killing people? (laughs) Don't be ridiculous. Let's hope some fucking psychics turn up so we can put them in a bath and then laser (laughs) names onto snooker balls. Yeah, I mean... Come on, this is the, they're, not, they're not going to defund the police, are they? I mean, that would be the, that would be the first thing to do, but like they're not going yeah. to do that. So one thing to do is going to make more police, more police, different types of police. Yeah, yeah. give them loads of money and yeah. and, and yeah. a special yeah. snooker ball machine. And, yeah, and stick some people in the bath. Yeah, um, but it yeah. is weird later on because it seems like that is what um, Count Voodoo, who's playing, who's playing the 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 main who's Max play, von Sydow. Ma- Ma- Sidor, yeah, um, um, Count, Ming, Ming Count. Ming the Merciless. Not said, the guy who plays Count No, no, that's because we... So Ming the Merciless. It's like Ming the Merciless, right, is um, yeah. it, when he gives his speech, um, he goes like, oh, maybe the one day we'll never have to use guns ever again. And all the Republicans go, hey! And I was like, what? yeah. what's going on? I thought yeah, you loved no, that's guns. Not, that's not how anything works in that country. Maybe we'll get rid of... Oh, he shot me! I mean, they saved that... <laughs> but but I can even finish They saved that scene to quite late on. I imagine a lot of people who are really yeah. enjoying that film in the States, suddenly that scene came along and they probably stormed out. There are actually very few... We're gonna, I'll just talk about this more later when we get to it, but there are actually very few hmm. actual guns in this movie. Mostly they have yeah. alternative weapons. Oh, fucking brilliant weapons. Guns, but... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, like, I'd be happy if we decided to do that. <laughs> Would you? Yeah. Because you, you love you love weapons as long as they're your type of weapons. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd love one of those ones where you get it, you swing it around, and then you like, you know, murder a, people. A, with a, it. F- affect person gravity. <laughs> 
I deleted his person gravity and he flew away. <laughs> He's dead now in space. <laughs> but but yeah, but he didn't die on the Earth, so therefore it's not murder, right? Uh, you can't put me in prison for murdering someone in space. Yeah, it's not your <laughs> jurisdiction. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe that is a little loophole. If you can create a send them to space gun, you don't go to prison. Hmm. It's like, well, I didn't murder him. I just sent him to space. It's not my fault he couldn't breathe there. <laughs> yeah, take some personal responsibility, <laughs> for fuck's sake. <laughs> okay, so, I, I, yeah, I stabbed him. It's not my fault he can't, like, Wolverine magically heal himself. <laughs> Come on, take some personal responsibility. Yeah. Okay, I shot him. He should have had a bulletproof head on, shouldn't he? <laughs> Should have had a bulletproof head. It's his own fault for not having that. Yeah. Idiot. All yeah. right. Don't put me in prison. Thank you very much. Mm. All right. So, so this film believes and wants us to believe that it's asking the question: Is it moral to put someone in prison for a crime they haven't committed yet? <laughs> but it isn't. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Really, this film is asking the question: Is it moral to put someone in prison? Hmm. And the answer that this film gives to that question is no. No, it is not moral to put someone in prison because, right, answer this. If you know that a murder is going to happen, should you prevent it? Right? Like if Steve Murderer Mm -hmm. asks to borrow your gun and you say, why? And he says, because I want to murder John Victim. (laughs) Is it moral for you to say, no, you can't borrow my gun. I don't want you to murder John Victim. Is that moral? Right, and I think the answer is, of course, of course, you should fucking prevent murder. Okay. Who asks that question? Of course, you should stop Steve Murderer from murdering. That's not a difficult question. That's not a fucking debate. But mm. after you say no to Steve Murderer, effectively preventing the murder before it happened, should you put him in brain torture prison forever? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say probably not. Right. But that's what happens in this film. They prevent the murder, then put the future murderer in coma prison without trial and just kind of forget about the intended victim. So this is a film about how punitive prison justice is bullshit. And no one at any point in this whole stupid film suggests that maybe there's another way to do this. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, stop the murder, then rehabilitate the future murderer, you know, offer therapy, counselling, whatever help the murderer and victim need so they can avoid being a murderer and a victim. Then, you know, sure, keep an eye on them if you want to. Be the fucking authoritarian police if you must. But you don't need to put anyone in mind prison. And if you don't put anyone in mind prison, you don't need to ask the question, is it moral to put someone in mind prison for a crime they haven't yet committed? Because you didn't put them in mind prison, you helped them. You used your knowledge of the future and your resources to stop murder Mm. and help people. Hey, it's almost like prison is a fucking stupid, inhuman way of dealing with crime, whether someone's committed it already or not. I mean, mine, mine prison's fucking pointless because the, the the good thing about prison is you got all these slaves making shit for you and doing <laughs> oh, doing shit, work yeah. and that. What's the point of mine prison? It's just like costing money to 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 keep yeah. these people incarcerated, isn't it? They misunderstood the point of prison. Yeah. they thought it was to punish, punish people, people or to keep murderers yeah. away from the possibility of murder. But of course, it's to get free labour. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Good point, Howard. Maybe the um, pre-crime prison isn't privately owned. Maybe it's a. Uh... <laughs> Once, maybe once, maybe once somebody yeah. once it gets privatized, they'll like unfreeze them and, and set them making sacks. <laughs> yeah, they probably. Yeah, no, maybe. Yeah, everything else in this future seems to have got worse, mm. um, but maybe that's the one thing that got better. 
someone went, hang on, privatised prisons are fucking awful, inhuman, yeah. stupid, terrible idea. Let's let's not do that. And someone was going, maybe we could just not have prisons. Like, no, we've got to have prisons, mm. but we're going to have government-funded brain prisons instead. No, that's, not, that's a bit better, but not much, to be honest. Maybe they uh, don't have regular prisons now because of, like, murder. Because people are always getting murdered in prison, aren't they? And it's really difficult for the um, pre-crime division to, like, just parachute, That's into, easier. In, parachute into a they... prison, right? <laughs> just build the prison so it's got little holes in the top <laughs> where they can jump, jump in through yeah. and stop murder and put them in a, in a deeper prison. Yeah. Right, you were about to murder the bloke next door. You go un- down to the next level the next of the level prison. Of prison yeah. Cut two, Tom Cruise running. Oh, yeah. He buys some drugs that at no point in this movie do we learn what they do. Mm. <laughs> really, really unclear what these drugs do. He takes them and he just kind of closes his eyes and goes, ah, no <laughs> fucking clue what they are at all. Uh, uh, then the drug dealer says, in the land of the blind, yeah. the one-eyed man is king. And then he shows Tom Cruise that he doesn't have any eyes. <laughs> so who's this one-eyed man? Who are you talking about, blindo? Maybe because he's got like, no eyes. He thinks he's got one eye because he can't see how many yeah. eyes he's got. Yeah, good <laughs> he's point. Like, probably, yeah. probably one. Probably, yeah. It would be weird if I didn't have any. How would I get anywhere without yeah. falling over? I, I don't have a dog. How would I manage to be a drug dealer? That, yeah. would, be, that would be really difficult. What would happen if... People like, would rip me off all the time. What would happen if uh, a dog ran past and my um, dog followed it and then like, I started <laughs> operating... A road All kinds of chaos. Decorating machine. <laughs> road decorating machine. Yeah, that's what it's called. Right? I might think a road decorating machine's my dog, dog and then start decorating the road. Yeah. Why is that? Chaos guy... would ensue. Uh, yeah, he's got no eyes. Um, I guess yeah. this is like kind of just foreshadowing the kind of like all the eye shit later on. But yeah, absolutely. Just... But that sen- that saying that is it, you can yeah. it, you can see how it's one of those lines that feels like it means something when mm. you hear it. It's like oh, no eyes. One eye. Yeah, I've heard that phrase. Yeah, it's kind of it presses your buttons. But then you think about it and go. No, hang on. <laughs> that is meaningless. I mean, the, the the metaphorical meaning of that doesn't seem to make any sense here. The literal <laughs> no. meaning definitely doesn't. It's like, why is he saying it? It's just like they look went online and went idioms about eyes. Okay, he, he says this one. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I did. I mean, they did probably. <laughs> yeah. More than once, this felt like a, a Howard Long first yeah. draft. This movie. Yeah, <laughs> it really did. <laughs> Then Tom Cruise goes home to take his nondescript drugs and watch videos of his dead son. Part two. Who's the bad guy? Everyone is the bad guy. So Lamar, the boss of pre-crime and secret villain of the movie, tells Tom Cruise to watch out for Danny Whitwer, an observer from the government and red herring of the movie. And, in an excellent bit of casting, they got Colin Farrell, the world's most annoying and unlikable man, to play the character as especially unlikable. So it's really easy to think this guy is a villain mm. and somehow not notice that Max von Sydow is in this movie vamping it up. <laughs> and maybe we shouldn't trust him. Mm. Then we get what is perhaps the most bollocks conversation in this movie full of bollocks conversations. First, we find out why the names are engraved on snooker balls rather than just displayed on a screen. Mm -hmm. It's because the uniqueness of the grain of the wood Uh. makes them unforgeable. (laughs) What the fucking shit are you talking about? 
Like, so if I make my own snooker ball and engrave some rando's name on it, like say I put Chandler Bing on it, mm. right? Say I get a snooker ball and engrave Chandler Bing on it. Mm. Then when the alarm goes off, I switch it with the perpetrator ball. The person, like the person who picks it up, will be no, oh, no, hang on, this one's a fake. <laughs> the wood grain's all wrong. It's not the same as the ball, which is not mm. here to compare it with because it's currently in Rufus's pocket. <laughs> Besides, why do you need to worry about forgery of the fucking balls when you've got video of the future murder? Just look at the video. You can see it's not Chandler Bing doing it. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, everyone turn out your pockets. Rufus, why have you got a ball with your own name engraved on it? Oh, well, you know, you know how sometimes you Google your own name? Well, I did that, but the computer just lasered it onto a ball and rolled it down a tube at me. Oh, no, don't put me in prison. I didn't do anything yet. Anyway, back to the bollocks conversation. So Colin Farrell says, isn't it a bit off that you're arresting people who haven't committed a crime? So Tom Cruise rolls a ball along the table and Colin Farrell catches it. And Tom Cruise gets all smug and says, why did you catch that? And so Colin Farrell says, because it was going to fall. Mm. But it didn't fall. You caught it. The fact that you prevented it from happening doesn't change the fact that it was going to happen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But this metaphor only works if, after Colin Farrell had caught the ball, he put it in prison. <laughs> <laughs> So at this point, the film firmly establishes that the precogs can only see murder. They mm. don't see anything else of the future. They're just lying there in a bath, comatose with drugs, watching murders over and over again. Mm. Colin Farrell says, why can't they see rapes or assaults or suicides? And the answer is because of the nature of murder. Mm. Because there's nothing more destructive to the metaphysical fabric that binds us than the untimely murder of one human being by another. Remember this, because it's going to be completely contradicted later on in the film. Cut to Colin Farrell and the pre-crime cops all go into the pool room to have a look at the pre-cogs. Wait, the pool room? Is this where they take the balls where, afterwards? No, the room where the pool is. I mean, maybe they put, maybe they play pool in there as well. Okay, that kind of pool, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Where the big bath is. The swimming pool room, yeah. So the weirdo who looks after them, who is called Wally, explains yeah. how the system works mm. at this point. He says, this is what he says, the photon milk acts as both a nutrient supply and a liquid conductor. It enhances the images that each of them receive. We scan by way of optical tomography. White light pinpoints pulse along the entire length of the headgear and are reread after absorption through their brain tissue. Right? Yeah. Photon milk. <laughs> photon milk, right? This, yeah. this immediately reminded me of something that I wrote in Gret Binchleaf and the Adventure of the Very Bad Dog, Chapter 4, <laughs> which goes like this. Henry Robert Hutch pulled the lever that made his spaceship stop moving. <laughs> it was probably the reverse thrusters or something. Or maybe it was some kind of future technology with a stupid name, like quantum anchor. You know, when authors take a science word and a regular word and put them together in a way that doesn't make sense, like photon milk or interplanetary banana. Yeah. I mean, normally they like the word that they take that's normal isn't something like milk, isn't it? They, they try and take <laughs> something. Those two seem so stupid. Yeah. Those two, like, I, I, obviously I wrote for, mm. in the original chapter I wrote photon torpedo mm. um, rather than photon. But, but if I was, 
like if I'd no, like if I'd I would if I'd known about this, if I'd remembered this, I never would have put Photon Milk in because it sounds like I made it up, right? Yeah. It doesn't sound like any sci-fi writer would ever go. Oh, I'll probably call it Photon Milk. Mm. It's like both words are wrong. Like firstly, obviously you wouldn't call it milk because that sounds stupid. <laughs> but then Photon Milk, that's the worst word to put with it. Anything else would be less stupid, mm. right? So Colin Farrell starts banging on about religion and miracles. Oh, yeah. And where power in religious systems tends to lie, because this film likes to throw pseudo-philosophy around to distract us from the two questions that should be at its core. Number one, is prison immoral and ineffective? Brackets, yes. And number two, is it morally acceptable to drug three actual people and make them live their lives in a bath watching future murders? Brackets, no, of course it fucking isn't. <laughs> the reason this film doesn't want us to pay attention to these core questions is because they're both really fucking easy to answer. <laughs> anyway, Tom Cruise says it's best if you don't think of them as human, so that's nice. <laughs> I mean, we are, we are, we have prevented, like... Loads and loads. Nobody's getting murdered anymore just because these people are taking a bath. I mean, it's justifiable, isn't it? Because when the film ends, right, the film ends like, spoilers, but the film ends with them all living in a nice cottage on an island or something. Nice cottage, yeah, yeah. And you you pull back. And then what what happens is that, like, there's one of those after-credit sequences where you keep pulling back and you see the city and everyone's just there shooting each other. Everyone's getting fucking murdered to death and the crime rights has gone way up. They should have done it smaller. All you do is you, like, you do the pullback. Mm -hmm. Don't make, don't don't go up in the, in the sky. Just just pull back (laughs) from the island. You see the empty field, empty field, empty field. But at one point there's just two blokes and one of them's murdered <laughs> yeah, the yeah, just shanking right. him yeah, yeah. just one person that'd be, that'd be funny knives in the neck and everything no apparently in an earlier draft hmm. that is, like you know Tom Cruise does the voiceover at the end oh yeah there was a line and the last line was going to be like they do all this like it was dis- disbanded the precord got to live on an island and everything and the next year there were over 130 murders in the Washington DC area that was going to be the last line of the film mm. Like, fuck you, murder's back now. <laughs> that, that was the attitude of the film. Yeah, because that's the thing, is it's not all of America and all of the world, is it? It's just fucking Washington, D.C. where they've, they've yeah, done it. Yeah, it's about so to the... go national, but right, yeah, this, yeah, this film happens when it's just Washington, D.C. What happens if, like, the person that murders you then um, isn't in Washington, D.C. when they do it? Can the precogs see that? Hang on, the person who murders you isn't in Washington, yeah. D.C., but are you? Are yeah, you yeah, yeah, you're there. <laughs> How are they murdering you? Well, like they sent you a, really sent you a letter gun. bomb or something. Or <laughs> okay. like, you know, they've put some poison in, in with your pills and then they fucked off and then you take you. The film doesn't address that very important question. Yeah. <laughs> or like, yeah, I mean, like, where does Washington DC end? And if I like, just step over the border and shoot you, am I got away with it? <laughs> if I stab you from the other, like my hand going over the border, does yeah, that yeah. count? Yeah, yeah. She can only Do see your hand. Have a gun? And then <laughs> yeah. the, the ball gets engraved it. hand. A hand. Yeah. Yeah. A hand. Handy McHanderson, hand. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then Tom Cruise goes and has a look at Agatha, who he doesn't think is human. Yeah. But then she grabs him, and the music does a stupid loud jump scare, and hmm. she shows him Anne Lively's murder. So it looks like the plot is getting started. Hmm. Cut two. Tom Cruise goes to the place where they keep all the future criminals. All kept in an induced coma, not really alive. Kind of like those precogs. So this is a society where they steal people's lives so they can use them to steal people's lives. Mm. Tom Cruise arrives to find an actor who doesn't know what type of film he's in. <laughs> <laughs> he's great. What's his name? He's amazing. Then. Yeah, he's, he's um, great. He always plays Gideon. great. He always plays great parts like that. Just yeah, hands it no. up. Mm. Right, but he thinks like he thinks he's in an episode of the Three Stooges, mm, mm. right? 
He's like, she's a golden oldie, mm-hmm. probably from before your time. <laughs> like, All right, who's this guy? So while like Tom Cruise, meanwhile, doing his serious mumble acting. Mm. My God, I'd forgotten there were so many. And then this guy's hamming it so hard that Gret Binchley would make a lasagna out of him. <laughs> Look at him. Look how peaceful they all seem. But on the inside, busy, busy, busy. Okey pokey. Now that's one bad man, see? <laughs> So they pull up the guy who was going to murder Anne Lively and discover that Agatha's prevision is missing. Oh, my God. They only have those from the other two, and everyone knows they suck. (laughs) Yeah. So Tom Cruise asks what happened to the victim, and Hamdrew Hamelot says, (laughs) I don't know, see? She went missing, see? Because pre-crime couldn't give a fuck about the intended victims after they pounce on the murderer and put them in torture prisons, see? They just fuck off with their arrestee and leave the victim where they are to work through that trauma on their own, see? Yeah. But I'm sure that's fine. I'm sure I'm sure the fact that pre-crime just turn up, take the murder away and leave the victim still standing in a lake and not have <laughs> any unintended side effects. It'll all be fine. Mm-hmm. So Tom Cruise takes the disc and Hamdrew Hamelot says, can't let you do that, chief. It's against the rules. Mm. To which Tom Cruise says, anything else going on in here that's against the rules? Mm-hmm. What does he mean? <laughs> What's he talking know. about? What's Hamdrew Hamelot doing in there? What's he implying? Fucking That's disturbing as yeah. fuck, right? Yeah. But uh, all the possibilities are horrifying. Mm. And I don't know what, it, what even what it could be. What does he mean by that? Mm. I reckon he means he's getting them out and playing noughts and crosses with them. <laughs> right? He's getting the, getting the comatose people out and he's like moving them into an O shape and then putting two of them to make an X shape. And then he's playing noughts and crosses uh, or tic-tac-toe, if you prefer, since he is an American. Um, with himself yeah. <laughs> and he's like that's against the rules you want to watch yourself ham drew ham a lot yeah I don't know I don't know what it could be no it's weird right fucking weird so then Tom Cruise the genius goes to Lamar and tells him everything he's learned and consequently causes the plot to happen mm. and to happen immediately because the next scene is Tom Cruise getting a snooker ball with Leo Crow on it and after a dramatic period of time another one that says the murderer is called Tom Cruise. <laughs> right? Yeah. Pretty fucking impressive organisation skills there from Max von Sydow. Yeah, it's about yeah. three seconds to plan this very complicated <laughs> yeah, situation. Yeah. So Tom Cruise runs away because he knows that pre-crime puts people in torture prison with no trial. Yeah. He gets in a self-driving car, then climbs out of it and does some jumping. Brilliant. And then he lands in a comedy yoga sketch. Yes. Where, where people are learning to walk around with their heads between their legs for some reason. Yeah. So brilliant. So amazing. Any <laughs> Anytime Tom Cruise accidentally crashes into someone else's life, it's always fucking weird. Everybody else's <laughs> life is really weird. He's the only... But it's like it's not just Hamdrew ha- ha- Anderson or whatever he's called. Um, Hamelot. Who's hamming it. It's like it's only Tom Cruise that seems to be existing in this like serious movie and, and some of the other main core <laughs> yeah. actors. Any anytime you, you enter a scene with people with a couple of lines, it's yeah. just fucking weird. Even Colin Farrell's going for it, right? Mm. And Max von Sydow's like really as I yeah. said, vamping it up as well. It's like, yeah, you're right. Everyone's everyone's a mm. ham except Tom Cruise and one or two others. Yeah. I mean, fucking hell, um Samantha Morton. Oh. Like Oh my god, she just spends the whole time screaming and crying, like mm. sort of the desperation. I mean, it's an impressive performance, like yeah. the trauma that she's performing at every second of that film. Yeah, she's very is good. amazing. Mm. 
Alright, so Tom Cruise walks through a mall and all the adverts scan his eyes and address him by name. Mm. This is the scariest part yeah. of this movie. Like, even if you're Fuck, not yeah. on the run, that's fucking terrifying. It's awful, yeah. And they just went, shh, they don't fucking shut up. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's why that guy pulled his eyes out. It's not, not because he's trying to, he's trying to escape yeah, he didn't, um, he didn't sell like, them. The, the law. Yeah. yeah, he didn't sell them. He just doesn't want someone to try and sell him some Levi's. Simple as. <laughs> by name. Yeah. yeah. All right, so next up is a big action sequence where Tom Cruise takes on all his police colleagues who have weapons and jetpacks and body armour, but Tom Cruise wins. Mm. And it includes another hilarious comedy sequence <laughs> yeah. where the police basically destroy a load of poor people's houses and we all laugh. Yeah, so good. He's <laughs> flying around the ceiling and Horrible. that. So get off our ceiling, get off our ceiling. Yeah. Like, yeah, you can act it as comedy, but these yeah. are poor people whose houses are being destroyed by the police. And I know how much they care about victims. Yeah. They're not going to be turning up later with money to pay for the damage, are they? They're just going to disappear. <laughs> we yeah. know that's how they do things. All right, so then Colin Farrell turns up with a load of feds and they chase Tom Cruise into a car factory. Brilliant. And I think I think we're meant to be impressed, as you were, by all their wonderful non-lethal weapons. Mm. But an energy blast gun that hits you with so much force that you're knocked 10 metres backwards and up in the air is going to kill you. <laughs> it smashed your ribs and pummeled your heart and lungs. You dead. So Tom Cruise murders like four people in this scene, but somehow the precogs didn't see that. Hmm. If I get an assassin to kill someone, a pre-crime coming after me or the assassin? Because I'm no, I because they just murder. see they just see the murder, so yeah. no. That's I true. Mean, that so happens you, in the yeah, film. That's that right, happens yeah. in the film. Yeah, Twice. That's, that's true. So yeah, absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So next there's some punching between Tom Cruise and Colin Farrell. But just before they start, Colin Farrell kisses his necklace. Mm. Which I guess is another bit of genius fucking characterization from that actor, along with loudly chewing gum all the time and mm. being like the least likable man who ever lived. Mm. Next thing he'll be getting a yo-yo out. <laughs> <laughs> so the stupid punching scene goes on for a while, and then we see Tom Cruise get his head crushed by a car seat. Like we see that. There's no way he survived. We witness him not rolling out of the way, so he is dead. One hundred percent dead with a car seat <laughs> nailed to his face. <laughs> Oh, no, he's fine. What a fucking surprise. <laughs> I mean, like, this, this seat's got legs. It's like if you put a table on me, I don't die. No, it hasn't. It's got, a, like, a, a metal cross on the bottom where, the, where it's, it's, it is flat piece of metal that is getting nailed to his face. And they, they leave it so late into the shot that you see it mm. essentially hitting his face. He is, there's no way he rolled out of the way of that. Impossible. Well, he did because... He's dead. Because he's so the rest of this film, no. he's a ghost. All right, the rest of this film, he is a ghost, like Bruce Willis. Well, maybe that's what the ball was with his name that came earlier. He was not not for him being the murderer. Maybe he actually went in the murderer section, but he actually is the victim because he's yeah. a ghost for the rest of the movie, and he was murdered by a car. <laughs> what you don't see is a mm. car on the other ball. Yeah, yeah. Everyone thinks it's Alan Carr, and they go to arrest Alan Carr, <laughs> but it was actually just a, a car. As a show, that's what in that society you really don't want to have a surname that is a thing and also a first name that starts with A. That's really dangerous, especially if your name's Alan Gunn. That's the worst. The worst yeah, it? yeah. Oh, I might change my name from Alan Gunn. Mm, a gun uh, did it. Yeah, a gun did it. We sent it to prison. So the robots finish making the car and apparently it's all ready to drive because Tom Cruise drives it away and they lose him. Mm. But right, the last time Tom Cruise got in a car. They took control of it remotely, so that's why he had to climb out and do a load of jumping. But I guess they forgot how to do that since then, like half an hour ago. 
So Tom Cruise goes to visit the inventor of pre-crime, Dr. Iris Hinneman, who has a load of attack plants. <laughs> and Tom Cruise immediately gets venomed by one of them. And oh dear, he's dying. Mm. The venom is acting so quickly, he can't breathe. Within seconds, it must be super lethal. It must be among the strongest poisons in the world. Well, he's definitely going to need more than a cup of tea to get over this one. <laughs> But, oh no, it's all right. Dr. Iris gives him a cup of tea and he's fine. So Dr. Iris says the precogs are never wrong. Mm. Never wrong. But occasionally they do disagree. Mm. So that means like at least one of them is wrong. (laughs) Right? Mm. Jesus Christ movie. Try to get through one sentence without contradicting yourself. Mm. Dr. Iris tells Tom Cruise about minority reports, which is when one of the precogs says something different will happen. Mm. And Tom Cruise says... Are you saying I've haloed innocent people? Like, yes, all of them, you fucking idiot. All of the people you've haloed are innocent. That is what the system is. But Dr. Iris tells him to trust no one Mm -hmm. and to just find the minority report. She says she designed the system so the minority report will be stored in a safe place. Inside Agatha's head. Hmm... Is that a design system? Isn't that just how memory works? Yeah. Is she taking credit for Agatha remembering a thing? Someone really needs to start treating those precogs like human beings. No, you shouldn't think of them as human beings. <laughs> then Dr. Iris snogs Tom Cruise for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> just smooches him up without consent. Yeah. And then she basically tells him that he has to kidnap Agatha from pre-crime and heavily implies that he needs to replace his eyes to do it. <laughs> Little Howard dreamed of being a writer And so he sat to to every nighter But everything he wrote was fucking shite, yeah Woman of a no, woman of a no Was writer in the world Was writer in the world Was writer in the world Was writer in the Thank you for listening to this episode of The Worst Writer in the World. If you would like more, then you can get it. You can get loads of it, loads of it, for as little as $2 a month by going to patreon.com forward slash manbycow. And by signing up there, by subscribing to that and getting a load of stuff, you also support us continuing to make this show and make us happy little boys. Boys, yeah. (laughs) I was going to say pigs. I was going to say pigs because I don't know where you were going with it. But, yeah, no. Uh, we, we, if you, pref- I mean, you're the one paying for it, listener. So if you want us to be happy little pigs, then we will be. Boy, milk, milk, boy, milk, milk. He's a stupid, suck-ass, rubbish writer.